Thank you for joining me for another Worship in the Word devotional. Our Bible reading for this beautiful Friday is the book of Revelation, chapters 1 through 4. And our time together for this devotional, we're going to focus in chapter 2. It's just going to be verses 2 through 5. This is how it reads. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. When I was growing up, I was so afraid of the book of Revelation. I remember being terrified of the absolute havoc that was going to be rained down on the world on Judgment Day. I was constantly looking to the moon to see if it was blood red and always keeping my ear attentive when my parents would watch the news to see if Nikolai Carpathia was rising to power yet. Maybe you can relate because we love to try to discern the times. Every new president, there's always whispers of Oh, he's the Antichrist. Every foreign leader rising to power, oh, he's the Antichrist. We love to discern the times and sometimes even to a fault. To be sure, we are warned several times in Scripture to be prepared for and looking forward to the day as it approaches. But oftentimes we take it too far. We overemphasize one command from the Lord at the neglect of other commands, such as the case in our passage of the church at Ephesus. Jesus opens up his letter to this church with great remarks. He commends them for, for being hardworking, a, a, pers a persevering church that uh, emphasizes a pursuit of righteousness, calling out false teachers, and a church that loves sound doctrine. I mean, this sounds like a fantastic church. It all seems well until verse 4, when you hear exactly what you never want to hear from the words of, from the mouth of Jesus. He says, But I have this against you. And then he charges them with having abandoned their first love. For all the good that they're doing, emphasizing all the right things, denying all the false evil things. They've lost the love with which they loved at first. In Matthew 22, Jesus is asked uh, by the Pharisees, what is the greatest commandment? Brilliantly, as only Jesus can, he responds that to love God and then to love people is the greatest command because by doing these, you will fulfill all the law and the prophets. And our passage here in Revelation teaches us that when Jesus said this, he meant it. It wasn't just some religious platitude. Uh, it is a command. 
We know this to be true because Jesus calls this church at Ephesus to repent of their lovelessness and that if they don't, he will put out their lampstand. So he calls them to repentance. You see, we can speak the same great truths as the reformers, but if we have not love, we are a noisy gong, a clanging cymbal. We can have great minds with which to understand the deeper things of of scripture and of the faith, but if we have not love, we are nothing. We can call out every manner of false teaching and even endure many hardships for his name's sake, but if we have not love, we have gained nothing. You see, our faith is not one of good works, of discerning against false teaching, and it is not even one of persevering through hardships primarily. The world can do all of those things. Our faith is first and foremost one of love for God and then love for people that issues from a pure heart that then leads to the fulfillment of all of those other things. Now, to be clear, this in no way discounts the importance of of good works, of loving sound doctrine, and persevering in, in any way. Rather, this shows us that the most important focus for us is to our love for God and our love then for other people. When we pursue those greater commands, it is then through that love that we truly fulfill all the rest of the other commands. After all, Jesus didn't come into this world to forgive you of your sins, to create a new heart in you that only cares about rigid adherence to a moral code. He gives us a new heart with new desires that we might no longer desire the things of the world or our own self-righteousness, but this new heart loves him above everything else. So I encourage you today to examine your heart. Ask the Lord, have I become so focused with doing other important things that I have forgotten the most important thing, which is to love you and worship God today because he loves us enough to call us to repentance that we might truly love him and enjoy him above all other things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, we thank you, Lord, for this word of caution, this word of warning. Lord, and I pray that for any of us, Lord, that fall away and begin to to grow numb uh, to the love that we have for you, that our hearts begin to grow dull. Lord, I pray that your word would then pierce us, God, but not pierce us with the, uh, like, an, like an axe with the intent to kill, but pierce us with the intent to cut away all that which would keep us from loving you with our entire heart. I pray this in the name of Jesus. 